Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Cowboys and Eagles fans are waking up to the realization that the Giants and football team are leading the NFC East. Have a great day, (laughs) y'all. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, I don't know much, but I know one thing. There's been a big debate. Who is the comeback player of the year in the National Football League? Is it Big Ben? Is it Alex Smith? I think we got that damn answer last last night around, I don't know, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. You know the guy's oh, name's on the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the Armchair Quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, hi, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller and Stephen Trosh. Justin, how the hell are you, sir? <laughs> like I said, I'm better than Eagles and Cowboys fans. <laughs> no pressure today, Cowboys, no pressure. <laughs> uh, Stephen, how the hell are you, sir? Like Justin said, much better than Eagles and Cowboys fans. It is a... Rude awakening in the uh, NFC East right now. Yeah, you got two teams that are playing pretty good. I think I think the biggest thing that I saw from Washington that we've seen progress week after week after week, and they're getting even better. That defense is just smothering, and the Giants' defense. For people that didn't watch the Giants Seahawks game, that defense was all over Russell Wilson. You've got two teams now that I think are about to run away with the divisional race and fight it out amongst each other. Uh, of course, Washington has the uh, lower hand as the Giants have the upper hand because they, they have swept the season series. So there is that going on. But I just think that's going to be a race that's going to go down to the wire. And it'll be interesting to see you know, how they prevail. Two teams that are struggling offensively, though I do believe that Alex Smith is getting more continuity in the offense. Daniel Jones has the legs. Alex Smith at this point has more between the ears, and we'll just see how that plays out. Um, and, of course, and what this probably loss is, the Giants are doing this without Saquon Barkley, right? Well, so, and they did it this weekend with Colt McCoy. Uh, right. They're doing it without Daniel Jones. And well, Wayne Gallman's actually stepped up and been a decent running back. Uh, he's actually had some fantasy value as well. Yeah, and I think the ship has sailed on uh, Devontae Freeman. I mean, the guy can't get off the IR, and now he's got COVID. I mean, it's just it's just been a terrible, terrible year for him. Um, and then the second game last night, Buffalo-San Francisco, that it started out pretty Pretty good ball game, pretty exciting ball game. San Francisco just couldn't keep up offensively. What I saw there was a Buffalo team that is starting to hit all cylinders, and I'm looking forward to the rematch of the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills here. It 
what is it? Is that the last week of the season? I believe it is. Yeah, I believe, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's in Buffalo, too. Right, right. So we, we had a big debate about this yesterday, and uh, Doug and I were talking about this, and essentially what I said was I've never understood for years why the first game of the season for the Dolphins and Bills should be it should be in Buffalo, and the end, to end the season, it should be in Miami. And that's not yeah. just for the players. That's for the fans. Fans would much rather sit in 70-degree weather in Buffalo in September than 4-degree in in uh, in December. And then you put it conversely, if you think it sucks for a warm-weather team to go up play in the snow, Buffalo is puking buckets when they come down to, to Miami in September with all the humidity and oh by the way there's usually a damn hurricane warning that you have to you know get to navigate around so I, I just I've never understood why the NFL doesn't get that they they rotate it every year but the common sense needs to prevail um Stephen what did you see in the uh, second game last night I mean, it was the. I mean, the Bills are clearly the uh, superior team. I mean, the 49ers still have a bunch of injuries. I mean, even if they had, you know, Garoppolo healthy, it's not like they have a good quarterback or like that good of an offense. I mean, that 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 was just what you expected. Josh Allen to go off in a dome. Justin, what say you? Yeah, I mean, pretty much just reiterate that. And. Uh... Man, what a great defensive game I started. I don't think I've ever seen back-to-back goal line stands where the ball was turned over in 99-yard drives. That was a pretty amazing way to uh, start the game, and then uh, the offense opened up. Uh, I think San Francisco abandoned the run game a little early. I know that they were kind of forced. Uh, they, they were chasing a little bit. I still think there was plenty of time in there, and that was really what I think was the major difference. Uh, they just they got behind, and then Mullins was forced to, uh, well, he was forced to beat them with their arm, and Buffalo knew that was their strategy to win. Buffalo, uh, I was really impressed by what Josh Allen did against that San Francisco. I actually thought Mullen played a pretty decent game. They had a couple of bad breaks. That was a fun game to watch as well. And then, of course, we got tonight Baltimore-Dallas, and that should be a lot of fun. Uh, were y'all, By the way, Justin, were you able to watch the 5 o'clock game locally? up there yesterday uh yes okay well not with not without the way that you know i'm doing it i mean i had to use i had to change my location so okay, no will, it was not was in our curi- market which i think is really stupid that half america didn't get that football game yeah I, I was i was curious uh what markets did what we did not get it down here but like the new york market did get it and a couple other markets got it, and the reason why they got it, what it came down to, and the thing is, is that and I didn't want to get into a whole thing with it on uh, Action News Jacks. I basically commented to them on Twitter. I said, look, you dropped the ball here not having the game, and they said it wasn't our decision. That's NFL, Sun, you know, you, you know, and they're trying to regurgitate the Sunday ticket. That's not true. That's not true. It comes down to the decision of what game you carried on Sunday because – Fox had a doubleheader on Sunday, and if you would have decided to not carry the early game, then you would have had the ability to carry that game yesterday. Okay? So that's why that happened that way. It's not because you could not have it. It's the fact that they're not going to let you run a triple header, essentially. Right? And 
I think it's a huge gaff when you do that. When the when the Jaguars and Vikings are on it on in the early game on CBS locally, then that tells me that you should just go ahead and punt and wait for the game tomorrow because you're going to get a lot better ratings with Washington versus Pittsburgh than I, be I believe it was Saints versus Falcons here locally, I think is what ended up coming on locally. And like, who the hell wants to see that over an undefeated Pittsburgh team trying to to uh, chase down history? I watched it the same way you did, Justin. Um, but I, I was just curious how uh, all that went down up there because I noticed different markets. I was listening to different shows across the country last night and today, and some of them got it and some of them did it. Yeah, I think that was an epic fail. Um, but. <laughs> I can't fault the companies either for taking the Sunday game. I'm, well, yeah, if you have an undefeated team 11 weeks in, uh, you definitely need to show your undefeated team. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you down here, there's not a lot of interest for Saints-Falcons, okay? Right. Maybe if the Falcons were playing well and there's two battle of two top teams, I get it. But Saints-Falcons, that's going to be a dud. I think that was the same early Fox game here. Um, I'm almost positive. Yeah, so... That's my point, and especially up in Middle Tennessee, had they punted that and said, no, we're going to carry the Monday game, you know how big of a Steeler Nation well, fan, there, fan base there is in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, we don't call it Pittsburgh South for nothing on uh, Steelers Week. I mean, I've never seen a fan base move in and just uh, take over the stadium. Um, yeah, there's a lot of P Pittsburgh influence that uh, I'm sure we're pretty pissed off they didn't get to see the game yesterday. I agree. Uh, it just—it was just a bad bet. Uh, Steven, were, were you able to catch the game at all? Did you end up going somewhere to watch it, or no? I, I wasn't able to see it. Gotcha. Yeah. See, so, so people like Steven are sitting there and going, "What the hell's going on?" Right? And your your first thought is that you think the person at Fox Thirty uh, pushed the wrong button. <laughs> Take it off, Judge Judy, man. I don't give a damn about that. Put put the game on, and it, instead we're getting like. They ran like four replays because I, I, I wanted to go over there and and just see what was going on at the same time the ball game was going on because I knew I was want to talk about this. There was like four consecutive back to backs uh, of, the, of the thirty minute local news running, and then at the end I think there was like Wheel of Fortune or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, and so you picked those ratings over Pittsburgh Washington five o'clock on a Monday as opposed to. What, I guarantee you they, they were lesser ratings than Saints-Falcons in Jacksonville, Florida. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, it's fantasy football time, and we are going to talk about it's week 14 that we're essentially going into, right? What players, week 14, you're in the playoffs, do you not dare put in your damn lineup because – it's all cute and fun and games in weeks three and four, but week 14, baby, I need a win. I ain't putting you on the field. We're going to answer that question when we come back. Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. 
Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at ScrewballWhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. The Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show. The only name you need to remember in sports talk radio. Weekday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. On Facebook Live, CBS Sports Radio, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. This is Principal O'Shaughnessy. Students, please report to the gymnasium for your club photos. Fake announcement. Got your million bucks. You got your flashy sports car. You got your trophy girls. Man, you think you're a style. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterback. Ride your shotgun with you here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. The Armchair Quarterbacks app. Make sure to tap that app today. It's free to download, free to listen. Take us everywhere you go. And then, of course, we're on Facebook Live every morning. Uh, armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show is what you're looking for on Facebook. And then I, I usually try to share it to the Twitter page. Sometimes I remember, sometimes I do not. But uh, there's no way to uh, simulcast this. Uh, I, I have heard that they're working on that. But as of right now, you have to have like seven different streams going. And that's a little too much for, for someone to host a show and and do all that at once. Uh, let's go ahead and get into Okay, so with the premise of this, and I haven't really given these guys a heads up, but I was thinking about this this morning. I was going to do our normal thing and then just you know roll into uh, our six-pack, which we will still do. But the premise of this is you're going into week 14. It is officially time to no longer get cute, right? As they always say, don't get cute. It's the playoffs, da-da-da-da-da. And it doesn't matter what you thought was going to happen way back in August. It's what you've seen happen over the last 13 weeks. And now you are trying to just make it through the first round. Steven, I'll start with you. Give me a guy that you're like, dude, there is no way in hell he's tricking me into putting him in, in the lineup because my uh, my chestnuts are on the line. This one hurts because I've got him in most of my leagues, but he has just burned me too much this year. I'm going to try to find a replacement for Matt Ryan. He just really has not been getting it done this season. I mean – he had his, you know, had some like, you know, really good games to start off. He had 48-41, and he had a uh, almost 400, 400 yard, four touchdown game in week six. 
other than that, it's been kind of lackluster. I mean, multiple games with, like without a touchdown, multiple games with an interception. Hasn't hit 300 yards since week seven. And who is he and playing got, this week? He has uh, the Chargers. He's going into uh, Los Angeles to face the Chargers this week. He's got two road games in the playoffs. And his one home game is against Tampa. I'm just – I'm done with Matt Ryan this year. Yeah, it, and I get it because it would be tempting to put him in <coughs> because he's playing the Chargers, and we just saw with the Chargers egg leg. But then again, in the NFL, if you play that badly in week in one week, the next week you usually do a complete reverse. I I feel you on that, um, Justin. Is there a is there a guy that, that you're going okay? No way in hell. I don't even know why I still have him in my lineup. I guess just because of injury issues or COVID nightmares, but I can't put this guy in my lineup, not in week 14. Ezekiel Elliott, unless he just absolutely goes off and it's got to be convincing enough that I believe it's going to happen three weeks in a row. You So um, I don't know who Dallas plays. Uh, do you have who Dallas plays in front of you, uh, Trosh? I do not. No, no. I, I knew you didn't. I figured you. I, I figured that you probably had a dashboard in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're busting bugs. Plays. I think I think it's, they're going to Cincinnati next week, and then have San Fran and Philly at home. Oh man, that is so tempting too. Cincinnati next week, but yeah, I don't. I can't, I can't blame you, Justin. I mean, that to me is a rough one to sit out there. I mean, I'm roll, I'll roll Wayne Gallman out there before I put Zeke out there. And I believe that's the option I'll have to make, probably, because it's not going to be Frank Gore. I'm hurting in that league. Too bad. I'm looking at – so the, that is definitely one of the ones that I'm looking at. You know, Zeke, I, I just I, – you know, come on now. Um, a couple other guys I just don't – I can't trust, and I've got them in a couple of leagues, and it sucks because – in some of the leagues I have him, wide receiver depth is key, but I cannot roll DJ Chark out there again. And I know he's going to play the Titans, right? So you would get, you would think, okay, that's the secondary's getting gashed. But that's the same thing I said last week when they were playing Minnesota, and that and that secondary was terrible. It just doesn't look like that. That is the uh, flavor of the week that 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 the now quarterback of the Titans, Glennon likes. If for some reason Minshew were to start on Sunday because of whatever, we'll say COVID or whatever could happen, then I would say, okay, I might give DJ Chark a chance. But I think he had a rapport with with uh, Minshew that he just does not have with either of the other quarterbacks that, that have stepped in. S Steven, what's the next one you're you're uh, looking at? This is another one, I, like another player I was high on going into the season, but he just really hasn't lived up to his uh, draft status. I'm going to go out uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he has two games this season over 70 yards. He only has three games with a touchdown. I mean, it's. And it's who does he have this week? Uh, and he, yeah, he, he goes into Miami. Oof. Just not a yeah, great match. Yeah. They're probably just going to do what they did last week and just rely on the run. I mean, a pass. Uh, plus I'll tell you what Le'Veon Bell's looked pretty good the last few times out. He's not getting quite enough work yet to to make it viable fancy other than deep leagues, but I would be concerned. I thought Le'Veon Bell looked pretty good last weekend. 
last Sunday night, and I would be concerned that that with uh, Hilaire with with his uh, wasn't COVID, but he was sick. That that kind of swung the door open to give even more carries to to Le'Veon Bell down the road because man, that is a tough one, Justin. Um, What's another one that you're thinking about? That you're like, man, I, I just I can't put them out there. The only one off the top of my head I can think of that's on a winning roster of mine that I have debated this year and bounced back and forth is Julio. Um, and he's surprised he's had a couple good weeks, but uh, are you going to roll down the stretch with him? I mean, when you've got a Jefferson or somebody that I, I've been swapping out with him, uh, Julio's the only one off the top of my head I can think that I'm considering letting Justin Jefferson play. That's I got a couple different options uh, with Corey Davis, but Julio, where I drafted him, he's he's normally in my lineup every single week. Don't care if he's having bad numbers, but that's crunch time now. So one of the guys that I think about is Amari Cooper. I've got I've got some shares of him, right? And he's been terrible since they lost Zach Prescott. Dak Prescott, excuse me. And then all of a sudden he rattles off 112 yards and a touchdown against not just any defense, the Washington Redskins defense that we just saw dominate the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. He's going to play today against Baltimore. I'm going to be looking, paying attention to that quite a bit because week 14, he's got Cincinnati. Week 15, he's got San Francisco, and then he's at home against Philly. Those are tempting matchups. It's one of the reasons why when I first made my draft picks, I looked at that and I was like, you know, that's not a terrible matchup down the stretch. They they are playing San Fran and Philly at the time. With San Fran's and Philly's defenses were much healthier. You would have thought that would have been a little better, but you knew it would be at home. Of course, my head was at Zach, that uh, Dak Prescott was was going to be slinging. I'm going to have a hard time putting – I'll put an example. In, in one league, I could start him, but – A.J. Brown, who likes to not show up every once in a while, that's a question mark for me. But I either start him or I start A.J. Brown because I don't see the point of uh, benching uh, Diggs, although Diggs has a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. It's great for the television-watching audience, right, Stephen? It's great that we get to see Buffalo and Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football, but that sucks for your fantasy team if you got Stephon Diggs, man, because you're like... Dude, of all the weeks to have to play Pittsburgh's Minka Fitzpatrick freaking hovering over you, and uh, that that's a nightmare. So I'm going to have a nightmare to figure out who I start in those three. I do have Pittman in another uh, on that same roster, but he laid a dud the last two weeks against Tennessee and Houston. So what he did against Green Bay and Tennessee the couple of weeks before, it's almost like he's not even necessarily touchdown dependent. He has to get a couple of big plays because he's not getting the volume I thought he would get. When I saw him have nine attempts, nine targets against Tennessee, even though he had two catches, I was like, you know what? That's not bad. I mean, hell, that you, you know, most weeks you're going to catch at least half of those. Look, this past week, he only had five targets, and he caught them all, but it was only for 46 yards, which tells me that they're they're trying to run very short patterns there you know he's a yak guy so they're hoping he's going to break a long one that's going to be tough uh steven do you have any others that you're like ah i I just can't do it um most of these players are just kind of matchup based 
one thing this is more of a gut feeling what i've seen the past couple weeks i'm it sucks to say it but I, I, like i'm gonna try to avoid the like chargers players as much as possible it just looks like that they've they've given up on anthony lynn and if they like if uh their management like their ownership is uh you know intent on keeping lynn a little bit longer I could see some, like some more duds uh, from like from Herbert, from Eckler, from uh, Keenan Allen. I think Lynn gets a gets a stay of execution. I don't think he gets fired this year. I so think they, I think they, I think you're going to see less coaches get fired this year than you will most years because of you, you're already dealing with all 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 the uh, monetary losses uh, from COVID with no fans in the stands. To, to fire a coach, you have to really put out some money to, to pay him to pay him off. And Lynn's done a, a fairly decent job every other year. The, this year has, has really been injury riddled and, of course, dealing with the, the growing of a new quarterback. Last, now, last week, I'll, I'll give it to you, last week it was a dud. But sometimes you just lay duds out there, like the way the Raiders did against the, uh, the Falcons two weeks ago. And hell, the way the Raiders almost did against the Jets. I don't hear anyone wanting to fire Gruden. So I, I think I, th- I think Lynn's going to get a pass. But I mean, it's not it's not only that. I mean, like they're they're three like they have three wins on the year. It's not like they're you right. know doing any like like with this roster they should not they they should be in, firmly in playoff contention, not at three wins. Well, but you have to remember, beginning of the year you were dealing with the rookie quarterback. They lost a lot of really close games to some good teams. They, I mean. There, there were a handful of games at the beginning of the year that one possession would would have swung, you know, this way or that way. That defense has been decimated. Losing Derwin James once again is just killing him. Derwin James can't stay healthy. They're gonna have to figure out the answer to that. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, hit the six pack to go because I I know you got to run out of here. Um, Bartender. Six packs to go. We do this every week. I've got time for one more round. More important than ever. Six pack to go. Because now you're talking about the playoffs. And so, Stephen, I'll start with you. Uh, Where are you going for uh, your first, first one you're picking up on your six pack? I've been banging the table for this dude for the past few weeks, and it's looking like he's starting to pay off. Cam Akers, I mean, he's still available in fifty, like in a forty-seven percent of leagues. Put up uh, seventeen points last two weeks, twenty-one carries last week. I think it's time, Cam. Like with uh, Darrell Henderson hurt, Cam Akers is taking over this backfield. Justin, do you have any off the top of your head? I know you're driving, so you can't realistically. I don't have his owner percentage, but uh, Wayne Gallman's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Um, it was at like 41% last week. I don't know how much that jumped to uh, qualify to be in there, but if you're needing some running back help, uh, Gallman is one that uh, I would look at. If you're looking for running back help, another one, I know this is going to sound crazy because you're like, it's the playoffs, and I'm going to put old man Peterson in there, but AP got 16 carries again last week. They're, they're starting to lean on him. You know, he's a guy. Look, they're still technically in the playoff race in the NFC. Barely hanging by a thread, but they're in that playoff race. And so, um, I would say Adrian Peterson would be one of my guys. Steven, what else you got? 
Um, I mean, with that uh, big matchup against Pittsburgh coming up, I'm looking at uh, Cole Beasley. He's only uh, he's easily he's available in 42% of leagues. Got Pittsburgh, Denver, New England coming up in the playoffs. I mean, he's got a massive target share with John Brown out. Uh, Justin, do you, you got anyone else, or do you want me to? Uh... Michael Pruitt. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> joke there. Don't take Anthony Ferkser. Um, I mean, needing tight end help uh, w- w- would be where I would go. So if uh, one of y'all have one jotted down, I will greatly take uh, the tight end nomination right now. Well, jo- Jordan Reed last night uh, saved my bacon. Uh, he-, he caught a touchdown pass. So that's one to keep an eye on. And, of course, Dalton Schultz is going to have a good matchup next week, and he's only in, in uh, 25% of, of leagues. So – I would throw that out there. The, the other one that's all on the board here says Anthony Ferks. I'm like, I'm not falling for that trick again. Uh, wide receiver. I'm going to go one last one. I talked about him on Sunday. Kiki Kute. Kiki Kute is only owned in 20% of the leagues. If you're looking for a dart throw, I'm not saying go out there and pick him up and he's going to lead you to a championship. But we we decided to go against uh, Kiki Kute. And as soon as Steve and I sit down over, over at the local establishment, there we see him streaking down the sidelines. I forget who Sean talked us into over Kiki Kute. But I was like, oh, man, here we go again. I mean, no, that, that, that was me with Andy Isabella over Kuti. I thought there was another one, though. What? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, Kiki Kuti. Now the one thing about him, check the, even though he's not on the injury report, check the damn thing Sunday morning because the guy could have banged his foot into a bar of soap and you know broken his toe or something because he's he's brittle as all get out. So you're hoping for a big play, but you're also hoping he doesn't get hurt midway through the first quarter as well. Um, Steven, I know you got to run, brother. What, what is your walk off for the day? It is playoff time. Do not get cute with your lineups. You just play the best players. And if you don't, and if you don't have the best players, put Kiki Kuti in your lineup. <laughs> best players on your roster, put them in your lineup. Fair enough, except uh, for Zeke. Yeah, well, yeah. I I can't wait for that game today because I'm I'm curious. I need 22 points out of Lamar Jackson today to make the playoffs in one league, and it's not a high scoring league. Uh, it's an ESPN, you know, uh, you know. Okay they give you half a point for a touchdown type of league. Like you're like, man, this is like pulling teeth trying to get, get scores. So I need a pretty big game out of Lamar Jackson. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I sat Justin Herbert. I almost pulled the trigger on that. When I listened to y'all about the question that we got, I had a similar situation and I'd say, ah, no, I just made a trade for from Lamar Jackson. I am not going to bench him, but y'all made some good points. Why to put Herbert in. And I, as soon as I, I said, you know what, I'm going to put it to rest. I'm not even going to think about it. And then about midway through the second quarter of the New England game, I was like, thank God I didn't put him in. Because it would have been toast. I'd have been done. There's no way that I, I, I would I'd be able to make it. All right, brother, we'll see you uh, Sunday morning. See you guys later. We're going to be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in. Baltimore, Dallas is today. we got a couple of other things to talk about, including – Some stuff happened in Major League Baseball. We'll react. Here's to feeling good all the time. 
Do you love to shop for guns and are also looking for friendly service? Well, the search is over. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine is the friendly gun shop. The staff is very knowledgeable. Frank and Kirk can answer whatever questions you may have and assist you with your AR build. They have a great selection of ammo at great prices. They also carry a full line of targets, cleaning supplies, Lucas Oil products, and firearm magazines. Top Gun Supply is a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by Top Gun Supply of St. Augustine, 525 State Road 16, here in the Westgate Plaza. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. Rifle in a gun rack, hanging in the back blast. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterback. Catch me during drive time on the Armchair Quarterback radio show and on Facebook Live. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, Big Ten, and college football, and more. We cover it all. It's the new and improved Armchair Quarterback Radio app. Download us today on Google Android, Apple iPhone. Take us anywhere you go and everywhere you go. The best sports talk show in all the Southeast. So good you can't believe it's not everywhere. Armchair Quarterback Radio. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. 100% taste, 0% artificial preservatives. Made with a blend of delicious oil, purified water, and just a pinch of salt. Two, so please. I'm spread on some extra. I'm here all day. New and improved. Armchair. It's time to believe. The Armchair Quarterbacks cover the Big 12. Big news and big games all year long. History of Oklahoma was about winning championships. We play well in the Orange Bowl. You can't say, well, that was then, this is now. That's Oklahoma football. Looks right. Throws deep right side. It is intercepted. 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 Unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the board. The Sooners have come into Rocky Top and stolen one away from the Volunteers in double overtime. And Texas will win the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's going to be a 10-win season for the first time since 2009 in a New Year's Six Bowl victory. All the way going down the line with it. Keeps it. Turns up field. First down. Breaks loose. They score. Touchdown. Fourth and five. The national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. Armchair. I hear these fools on TV talking about defund the police and things like that. We need police reform and prison reform and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute, who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods? She thinks that he looks like Elvis when he runs his fingers through that jet black hair. And sometimes she forgets an order cause she's so struck by him that she stops and stares. They gotta love you bigger than the Beatles, wild and free like Welcome a back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. They gotta love, take some higher than As we're getting ready for an 8 o'clock kickoff tonight. Justin, I haven't even looked, but is that damn game gonna be on, on regular television? It's got to be, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. It's a nationally televised game. I figured with 8 o'clock plus, I I, I just remembered that that game was uh, 
originally supposed to be a Thursday night affair on the NFL Network slash Fox. So, okay, thankfully at least that will happen. Um, I'm sorry, but with COVID and everything, that's just a terrible decision by the league. They should have had that game on nationally. They shouldn't have painted these stations into corners. Although I, I will say that the Jacksonville station once again made a terrible decision. They do that a lot. Some of the game choices that they make here locally to to put on, I'm like, why in the hell is that game on? They'll do stuff ju- just in like not have the Bucks on, not this year because of Brady, but they would do it in years past where they wouldn't have the Bucks on, and they would do and they would do like Saints Falcons or something like that. We were like, dude, the the Bucks are playing. We're in the state of Florida. What the hell does it take to get you, you, you know to get a Florida team on? So, anyways, um, with the Bucks and Dolphins playing much better here recently, I think you're going to see them on more. But there were several times I'd, I'd see Miami uh, being able to to be broadcasted, and they would pick a random game that had didn't have a lot of interest here. I, I really question who, whoever the uh, station manager is there. Um, anyways. If you want us to quit quit questioning you, uh, you should hire us. How about that? Uh, all right. <laughs> Until then, you can uh, – uh, let's go ahead and uh, – before we get into the Baltimore-Dallas game, a couple of things happened in Major League Baseball yesterday. I don't know if you saw it just with all the – all the NFL that was going on, it kind of slipped under the radar, but there were a couple of, I don't know if I would call these big acquisitions, but they're intriguing acquisitions in what is technically the first day of the virtual meetings in major league baseball. Now, normally they're meeting in a hotel in San Diego or Florida or where, what have you. And it'll start on a Sunday night. And that's technically when it could have started. They, they opened up their Zoom rooms and all that stuff on Sunday evening. But I think it really got rolling yesterday, essentially. Normally, you don't get a whole lot of stuff that happens on Sundays. Anyway, it's usually like a meet and greet. that they'll. Of course, I'm sure it was much different this year. Normally, there's a dinner. I seriously doubt they sat down with their chicken pot pies in front of their screens and you know acted out a dinner. <laughs> I'd say they just said, we'll, we'll meet up for a couple hours. And what I'm interested to see the, the most here, Justin, the – over the next few days is will we see more stuff happen because you don't have to plop around from room to room and convention hall to convention hall. You just got to dip in and out of zoom calls. Will more get done this week than what normally happens. Right? So I, I'm interested to see that, uh, for people that missed it, the two moves that were made, Raziel uh, Iglesias of the Cincinnati Reds was traded away to the Angels. So the Angels now have their closer. And the White Sox, they acquired Lance Lynn. Of course, everyone remembers Lance Lynn down in Texas. He's had a couple other stops along the way. He was big on the trade rumors during the offseason. I mean, excuse me, uh, during the trading deadline. And... They decided to punt him to the offseason, so the Rangers clear up that money. Uh, there's speculation that the reason why the Rangers did it is because they are they might be getting into the Bauer sweepstakes or something of that ilk that they're trying to, to free up a little money so that they can go for the big dogs, whereas the White Sox were just looking to bolster their lineup without having to go deep into pocket, right? Um, 
I mean, especially if you're the White Sox and Cubs, the way Mayor Lightfoot has had that city shut down, you're going to be, you're probably going to be a little uh, hesitant to spend much money here in the off season. Yeah, that's why I don't think uh, to the White Sox or White Sox fans' dismay uh, that you're going to be a big player on George Springer. Might be more like Michael Brantley. Um, I, don't, I don't think you're going to be uh, signing Springer, yeah, which I, I know has been rumored, which I don't think they have room in their outfield. He would have to play right or left. He's not going to play center for the White Sox. So. No, he, I think right. at this stage of career, was he, I think he's 34. I, f- I figure Brantley's he- heading towards the left field. He might be heading to a left field near you, Justin, because the other big news that was dropped yesterday by Ken Rosenthal – so I usually have to assume that, that it's gospel when he says it. So he came on Major League Baseball Network yesterday on one of their shows. I don't remember which one. I, f- I feel like it was the morning show. But he came on and said that the general managers have been, have been uh, made aware that they should assume that there will be no designated hitter in 2021. So, with that being said, I think the Braves might be out on the Ozuna sweepstakes because he is a defensive liability no matter how you look at it. You go out and you get a Brantley who's a lot more affordable who might sign like a two-year deal. Then what you're doing, honestly what you're doing, if people aren't, aren't familiar with who Brantley is, he would be a younger, better version of Nick Markakis. And so that's what you would be getting. You'd be able to put him behind Freddie, perhaps. They might have a couple other options to put behind Freddie. I mean, as well as he hit last year, hell, it might be Travis Darnold. But uh, I don't know if I like the lefty-lefty look. But the Bra- the Braves across the board do need more left-handed batters in the- in their lineup. But I don't know if you want the two left-handed batters to be back-to-back is the only concern, right? Um, so... What say you? Would you be anti Brantley because he was an Astro, or would you be willing to let bygones be bygones? Uh, I mean, I, I can let it go. I can let bygones be bygones. I, I'm out on the Azuna if they were not going to have the DH. I mean, that's it's kind of bummer for Azuna because uh, it just took half the teams out of his market. And uh, I think the man played his tail off last year in a, you know, a, he, he had one of them pay me contracts where he comes in and uh, auditions for his next one. And uh, he overperformed and really wanted him to get a payment. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be the expense of the Atlanta Braves. There is a possibility that they go ahead and take the risk because I do think there's a 1,000% chance we have the, the designated hitter back in the National League in 2022. I really feel like this entire thing it is just a uh, negotiation ploy. Because if Major League Baseball allows the designated hitter to come in the National League this year, then they don't have that bargaining chip come come next November, December when they're trying to get a CBA pass for the 2022 season. And that's the biggest bargaining chip they could throw out on the table is we will give you, I guess it would be, what, 15 brand-new jobs high-paying jobs if you sign the new CBA. 
And so I, I get why they're doing it. I guess the only way it would happen in Ozuna could happen, could say in Atlanta is two things. A, they say, look, we're going to take the risk because he's so good offensively, he makes it for his defensive liabilities. And B, maybe there's a chance that the CBA gets banged out by the end of this year. And if it gets banged out by the end of this year, then then that might be an added to it. They say, hey, if we get it done now, you'll you'll have DHs for 2021. So that that is a possibility. I just don't think there's a whole lot of movement in the collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball. But it's kind of a bummer. Is there – okay, put Azuna aside, and we'll take Brantley off the table because we just talked about it. Is there anyone else as a Braves fan that you got your eye on? Well, I mean, I did. It's too late now because I think he did the long-term contract. But Castellanos for the Reds, formerly Tigers, that's where I was at. But uh, they really should have no. went after. They, they. I really think that they should have went after him. In, in uh, I, such a good hitter. I really wish that would have been the bat, and uh, maybe if maybe it was a one-year deal, or they can work that and get him traded down here. Yeah, I'm looking at. Um, some of the guys that are available, uh, we don't have a need for him. But how cool would it be for Anderson Simmons to come back home, right? You know, you know, he's a free agent, but we, you're not. There's nowhere to put him. There's just essentially nowhere to put him. I would, I would take a Simmons and send a Camargo as a trade piece all day long. Well, Imagine Simmons Sim- as a platoon guy in the middle infield. Well, Simmons is a free agent, so. Uh, well, then you just send Camargo in another trade. <laughs> By the way, I, so, someone shared this on social media. It was either yesterday or the day before. You, you're going to get a kick out of this. They are playing <clears throat> somewhere uh, in the Central America leagues. I don't remember which one. or It might have been Dominican. I don't remember. It could have been a Caribbean League baseball or Central America League baseball. It doesn't matter. The point is someone found the feed on the fire stick or something and Johan Camargo is down there playing in it, right? And and the guy prefaced it with something like, uh, "Big fan," and and I love I I I can't stand not watching baseball. And look what I found! It was in like one of these Braves chat groups, and uh, he said he he said, "Look, it's Camargo. I've got a reason to watch." Someone else found the feed, watched it for a few minutes because you see it's separated by about seventeen minutes or so. And he screen then another guy screenshots it and says, "Look, Camargo's doing Camargo things. <laughs> he's down there in the Caribbean League, whatever the hell he's at." And they had a screenshot of his of his stat line. Granted, it's only been a few days. He's he's batting one eighty eight down there. <laughs> I was a good thing we got that guy locked up for next year. What a waste of money. I mean, ah. Oh. There's got to be a kid. I'm just glad we didn't listen to the the Twitter fan base and everybody run Riley off. Because remember, it was get rid of Riley, and they were going to put Camargo at third and just leave him. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what would have, they just would have left us there, just sitting there, just waiting. You will turn into Terry Pendleton or Chipper Jones. I mean, what do they think he's going to do? <laughs> they see switch hitter, and they and they get stars in their eyes. And it, it it that argument dumbfounded me all last winter because you watch the two of them at least if nothing else you know one damn thing. Our man Riley 
can scoop him at third, right? So you know you've got an elite third baseman there. I'm not saying he's Arenado quite yet, but the guy's got potential. Camargo, average at best at third. And then you would see their splits, and you're like, eh. at least the one thing we know about Riley, I think he's got a much higher ceiling. Yes. He has trouble with the heater. I mean, he, he there's some things offensively he knows he needs to work on, but uh, I think they're fixable. And I think if you get him with the right hitting coach, now I'm not saying that Chipper's going to want to do it for him like he did for Dansby Swanson, but we saw a great turnaround when Dansby took his off-season workout and spent some time with Chipper. Now, I don't know what else off the field he did, so in my mind I give all that credit to Chipper. But whatever he did or put him onto or got him in contact with needs to happen with Riley. And then, man, look out. If you could get the production that you saw Dansby go to from his first two seasons to where he's at now, it's, it's amazingly different. And then you tell his glove in there, and then, uh, man, it would have been like, what if Anderton Simmons could have hit? Usually when you see a, a kid that, especially a young kid, right, young, strong kid like that, that struggles with the fastball but is hitting the breaking stuff at a, at a really good clip, nine times out of ten, it's because he is guessing. He is sitting on that breaking pitch. And so when the fastball comes in, it's just blowing right by him. And that's usually because what he faced down in the minors was the exact opposite. People were getting him out on the breaking pitch, so he adjusted. He's got to go into a professional hitter's mindset of not guessing on pitches, having having an intelligent game plan. That A lot of that comes down to watching film every day. Of your, of your next opponent and get an idea of what he's going to do and go in there. They always say if the best approach is assume fastball and adjust to the rest. Cause, because if you would, if you assume breaking and try to adjust to the fastball, you're always going to be behind on it. Right. Um, so I don't know the answer cause I'm not a professional baseball hitter. I'm not a coach, but that's, that's my guess. Now, how to get him to the next level, that that's well above my pay grade. So, you know, that's the, that that's their issues, not my issues. Uh, well, until he learns how to hit the fastball, let's teach him how to bunt because I'm tired of runners being left on second, third, and not advancing. That's the whole line up top to bottom. Let's work on that this offseason. Agreed. Play some small ball. Agreed. Uh, I would like to see him not worry so much about hitting the home run and just Worry about making strong con turn into a Travis Dar node. Try to hit the ball between the alleys. Your 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 uh, natural talent is is going to take over for the rest. But we'll keep y'all abreast on what's going on in the uh, in the world of any. Uh, just have you heard anything on Ender? Um, any any movement on him or any? I haven't. Any, I don't know. I don't know if there's any interest because of his salary. Uh, so to try to move him, the Braves might have to eat a lot of his salary. So I don't know what their game plan is going to be. And sometimes teams are like, you know what, dude, I'll just wait for you to DFA him and, and then we'll go from there. So I, um, I assume this is our last day. We, we can't be best one more season with Ender. I hate to see that, but you got to think Pache is going to claim center field this season at some well, point, correct? Well, yeah, I think I think Pache breaks camp as as, as okay. a starting center fielder 
but Inciarte could just be in a very expensive platoon guy. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't even call it platoon at this point in his career. I'd say bench guy, right? He's a guy you can still put him on the base paths, right? So, he, he, you know, he still has the speed, still has an incredible glove. Gloves don't slump, and you would put him in for, for defensive. What you could do if you really wanted to double down and you decided I'm going to go ahead and sign Azuna, is it whenever Zuna gets that fourth at bat, pull his ass out of uh, left field in the eighth or ninth inning, whatever it is, and then in the Ciarte's in there to seal the deal? That's you know that's a possibility that you could go with. Uh, it's an expensive possibility because you're going to be paying Azuna a lot of money, and then you're going to be paying. Um, the reason why I think they're still going after a big ticket out in that left field is that if they were not, I feel like they would have re-signed Duvall. Because Duvall would have been a cheap... He, he He's going to go for somewhere between 4.9 and 7 on an arbitration deal. They could have easily brought him back on a cheap deal and said, we'll, we'll worry about doing the DH next year when it comes up, right? And we could platoon. It's not ideal, but we could always make a trade down the stretch. And maybe that's how we add our left-handed bat in July or whatnot. But we can get through the first couple of months with Adam Duvall out in left field and Enciarte. So that's why I think they are. I My guess is going to be Brantley. But there's a lot of different ways. We can get into this later in the week if you want. Um, the uh, I know you're coming up on time, so let's go ahead and talk about Baltimore-Dallas real quick. The Baltimore-Dallas game tonight is at 8 o'clock. The last thing I saw, and I'll pull it up real quick just to double-check, but I believe we were looking at an 8.5-point spread. Um, I, saw, I saw an interesting stat on that, by the way, that I did not realize, is that the last four times the Baltimore Ravens have been a touchdown plus favorite. They have their own four against the spread. So that's interesting to me because, ooh, it has dropped all the way down to seven and a half. I'll tell you what makes me interested about that. Are you a teaser guy? Do you like teasers? Not really. I, I I like the crazy parlays, uh, the the one game parlays you can do, as you can see, um, the ones I've sent you. I'm never gonna hit one, but uh, just the the thought of possibly hitting one one day sounds fun to me. Uh, Sean, by the way, hit a parlay uh, yesterday. It, it, it was a it was a normal three game parlay. It it, it was pretty funny because he was texting me this stuff, and finally he tells me like what he had hit. And then it was like plus 600. Anyways, it was like five bucks to win 60 on a three-game parlay. And he told me the three games that he picked, and none of them was a, like a huge underdog, right? And I was like, man, are you sure about that? Because that sounds the, – the payout sounds strange, but I do know that all these all these different uh, avenues to gamble, they have some weird stuff going on, right, to try to get you to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to uh, open up an account. And he said, yeah. And then he – about five minutes later, he goes, Man, my bad. I I was I don't know what he meant, but he said I was looking at the wrong uh, payout line. Uh, it was five bucks to win like thirty, like thirty bucks or whatever it was. I was like, all right, okay, that that sounds more more like it. You say five to six, I mean, I, I need to switch my account. What the hell's going on over there? 
Uh, but if you do enjoy a good teaser, a good seven-point teaser would be you take the Ravens tonight minus seven and a half. So all you, all you need a uh, seven-point teaser for them to win, right? And s- Thursday night's game, the Rams are a six-point favorite at home against the New England Patriots. So you would just need Baltimore to win, and then you would need the Rams to win. Unless you really believe in this new, newfound uh, powerhouse Cam Newton, and you could take him on a what a thirteen point New England plus thirteen, which would be intriguing. I have more faith the game being in L.A. that the Rams are going to win the game, and that the and that the Ravens are just going to find a way to win the game. And I like those teasers. I'm not a big fan of the weird teasers where you get like five involved and you go, Oh, I get 13 points. Cause it takes one game to blow that thing out the door. Right. So anyways, um, over unders 45. Is that too high tonight? I'm going to go under. I just don't see Dallas putting up as many points. And how about this? How about this team total for the Dallas Cowboys? 17 and a half today. Do they get to 17 and a half points? The Dallas Cowboys? I don't think they do. No. No. I don't think they do. I mean, unless we just see something crazy like we saw last night where Washington just has their number, you know, had Pittsburgh's number last night. Uh, I don't think that defense has that in them this year. We've seen in years past that the Dallas defense was headed that direction. Um, I don't know with Lamar back if they can contain that tonight. I'm not going to be upset if they did. I would love to see it, but uh, I got to go heavy on the Ravens on this one. What I like about it, too, is that it's it's paying a plus 105. If you go the over with the Cowboys, it's a minus 135 on the 17.5. And And I find that strange because – and I guess it's because people just love to bet the over, but – Dallas is going to struggle to move the ball against Baltimore. Oh, I hate betting the under. It makes the game unfun for me. The over, just, I don't know. I, I guess it's just the adrenaline of the points. You just want to keep it rolling. But I hate betting unders. I do it, but I don't like it. But I tell you, I tell you, man, go out there and take five bucks to every game one Sunday and, and bang the under. You're usually going to come out on top. I'm talking about every single game, right? So you take all. I'd say so. I mean, Vegas knows that we have the addiction to points. Uh, just what I just said. Uh, they, they know that. Especially your nationally instinct. televised games. Circle the nationally televised games and go for the under. That's that's where I have some of my best success. Because that they know. They know. No one wants to go out there. And I thought that the Buffalo-San Francisco over-under was extremely low yesterday. And I, and I grabbed it before kickoff. It was only 48. And I thought that was insane. But I think they just thought that. San Francisco's defense was going to stymie Buffalo, but all right, brother. Well, I I know you got to uh, run. What's your walk off for the day? Volunteer hoops start tonight. I'm excited to see them. I think it's been four or five games have been canceled already. Uh, excited. Um, if you're in our market, uh, check out some of the betting apps. There's a great incentive. Ten dollar bet uh, or deposit by one. All they got to do is make a three. One of the hundred dollar gimmies. 
don't know why they like picking on Tennessee like that. Last time I gave them a 99 point spread to the football team against uh, someone. So that was free $50 bet. And uh, this time it's on the basketball well, team. So. Well, it's because they want you to sign They're up. They're just betting you heavy for it. Yeah. but uh, Because it's all about the rollover. That's what it is. It's all about the rollover. People don't realize when they get these. Man, I'm getting a free hundred dollars if I just sign up for hundred dollars. Yeah, but you have to go out there and gamble that money away. It's usually like times thirty three or something crazy. So it'll take you forever to try to get to that number. And they figure the law of averages you're you're gonna be a sucker and lose money along the way. But it's still fun to do. So what the hell, you know? What if it makes uh it's actually I will say this this is my walk off and my wife will probably call in and hang the phone up for me. Um, legalized gambling has made her enjoy football. I'm telling you, a little parlay or a little something on it, just that little. Oh man, he's got a score. Or I'll hear that quarterback sucks. I'll be like, thanks. We need thirty more points out of him. She's like, fire him. If they don't get like, that pass here in Florida, I'm going to move again. I, I'm heading back to Tennessee because I'm getting tired of it not of it being everywhere but here. It makes no sense. Everything else is legal here. You could probably use my address. <laughs> What's that? Does it work like that? You can use my address. No, man. I wish I, I wish I could VPN them, but now their sites are much. I will smaller. say this: I traveled for Thanksgiving and I couldn't place a single bet, and that drove me nuts. Not that I'm like some degenerate and I had to, but over Thanksgiving break, I wanted to play some of those games, and uh, I was out of state. And no, even though once you leave that geo fence, you're done. So you have to make damn sure that you place those bets before you You leave. place them before you go. Hard lesson learned. You were in D.C.? Yes. Were you in D.C. or were you staying like in Virginia or something? We were in Virginia. We were just south of D.C. And so Virginia doesn't have it yet. Okay, that's interesting. You probably could have driven. Yeah. You probably could have just drove. I'll be back in a little while, y'all. I know West Virginia has it, but I, that was a long drive. I wasn't hauling across the state to drop $15 so, worth of bets. So does uh, Jersey. I guarantee. Oh, if man, I, that's a haul. But, yeah, I could have done it. I guarantee if I would have been with you, we would have done it. <laughs> We're going on a beer run. Come back. We got some of West West Virginia's finest beer. Right here. A smart man would have just called back home and Venmoed some buddies some cash and been like, "Hey, lay some bets for yeah. me." But you know, I don't think I don't think too brightly some days. Yeah, fair enough. All right, brother. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, react to this game, and then uh, we'll we'll be looking ahead to the rest of the week, and hopefully we get uh, some big uh, news um, in a Major League Baseball. It's usually around that Tuesday, Wednesday, where you, where you really still see stuff start to stir in the. Uh, in the uh, winter meetings. All right. Trevor Bauer to Atlanta, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to play left Later, field dude. too, buddy. <laughs> well, <laughs> Bet he could. <laughs> we'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterbacks. When we come back, the NBA. No, 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 no. Are you serious? They are doing more things to kill their PR. I mean, it's almost like it's turning, that's turning into a sport. We'll talk about why here in just a few minutes on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks, 
Sports Flash. We have an action-packed day here in the sports world. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, the Dallas Cowboys take on the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is back. He's been activated off the COVID-19 list. The Ravens are giving up 8.5 points at home. In men's college basketball, number 5 Kansas plays number 8 Creighton. 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. At 6 p.m. Eastern, number 12 Tennessee takes the court for the first time. They'll take on undefeated Colorado on SEC Network. 7.30 Eastern, Iowa versus North Carolina. Number three, Hawkeyes, and the number 16 Tar Heels on ESPN. ESPN 2, 7.30, Ohio State and Notre Dame. The Buckeyes are ranked 22nd in the nation. And at 9 o'clock, Nichols takes on Baylor on ESPN+. And Penn State is at number 15, Virginia Tech on the U. 9.30 on ESPN. Number 6, Illinois at Duke. It's a 6 versus 10 matchup. And Syracuse is at number 21, Rutgers. That is on ESPN2 at 9.30. Gonzaga and Tarleton have been canceled. Outside the rankings, you got the Miami Hurricanes taking on Purdue on ESPN2 at 5. Boston College in Minnesota at 7 o'clock on the U. And in the SEC, Montana's at Georgia at 7 on SEC Network. Mississippi State takes on Jackson State at 9 on the SEC Network. And in the Big East, Seton Hall, St. John's, Georgetown, and Marquette are all in action. And in women's hoops, Ole Miss hosts Alcorn State on SEC Plus at 7, while East Tennessee State travels to Vanderbilt at 8 on the Plus. Auburn and Belmont have been postponed. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. Tap that app today. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's the Great courseplus.com slash radio Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order you'll get your groceries with two hour delivery so in that time you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is learn how to play the acoustic guitar and I guess get a puka shell necklace do a makeup tutorial but realize halfway contouring is hard and you're beautiful just as you are Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats, produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. The 
this is Britney Spears. This is what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. You're hanging over, but you're hanging in. You're starting to look like all of your friends. Conversations turning from rock and roll to kids and politics and how much money you owe. Welcome back here to the armchair quarterbacks. Riding shotgun with you here on another uh, Tuesday morning. We went through, uh, I'll get into a little bit more of the uh, fantasy football here in a little bit. And uh, we got other things uh, planned to talk about. I'm, I'm going to hit up some of the free agents that are out there in the world of baseball. But before we get into any of that and a little football talk here on the way, you would not believe what the freaking idiotic NBA is doing now. Okay, first of all, it's it's sad that this even has to become a legislation that they are going to be put into place. That's that that's number one. They go out and they make a a press release yesterday that says that in the future, if NBA teams are resting players in prime time, in other words, big time games, I, they worded it differently. They didn't say prime time, but a uh, high profile, I think, is what they called them games that they could be subject to a $100,000 fine per player, per, per incident. That's not just, you decide, you know what, it's worth the hundred k we're going to re- re- uh, rest LeBron and AD and everyone together this Thursday night on TNT when we were supposed to be playing the Warriors, but they have a bunch of injuries and we think we can get a W without them and they need a, uh, a rest we're going to fine you $100,000 for a player. So there's two things you have to think about this. First of all, why are they having to be rested? I've said this for a long time. The NBA season's too long. Now, granted, the players and the owners don't realistically want to go back because if you go back, that means you'd have to renegotiate your television contracts. And ooh, you don't have to re- renegotiate them after the terrible season you, you just had where no one watched your product. So you don't want to do that. But at the same token, you've got too many games. And if you don't think you have too many games, maybe you have too many games in a short period of time. The back-to-backs should come to an end if they're going to do this. It's not fair to ask these teams to put players in harm's way in a meaningless basketball game in February just because you want people to watch. And the reason why they are so worried about this is because the owners know that America is tuned out of basketball. They're trying to win them back. So they're taking all that, all the social warrior stuff off the court and off the jerseys, but they're going to have to do more than that because people are going to remember this for too long. Not saying people won't come back to the national basketball association, but to get them back, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to have some separation from all the stupid things that LeBron did. And I've talked about this in the past, so I won't rehash it. I believe Le- LeBron will have to retire before everyone honestly believes it's a new NBA, right? Because unfortunately, not only has he been an ass his entire career, but then he really doubled down during 
the pandemic and some of the things he did and uh just try he, he's he's all of a sudden acting woke and whatnot but everyone remembers just a year ago he was bootlicking china so what are you are you are you are you there for 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 human rights and are you there for making the world a better place or are you, or is this really just a publicity stunt like a lot of people think it might have been um anyways they're gonna have to separate themselves from people like him in the future to get a lot of your fans back but to get them back this year to get the ones that are still on the fence the ones that'll still probably go and watch it because they love the sport they're trying to make sure that your big name players are playing on on your TNT doubleheaders, on your ESPN Friday night game of the week, right? If you're going to do that, quit doing your back-to-back -back games. There's really no reason whatsoever to have to have back-to-back -back games in the NBA, especially considering the fact that they're always in such a hurry to get to the NBA playoffs. I don't understand why, because you could have the entire month of August to yourself. I get it that baseball will, will be kicking and I'm a huge baseball fan. So by no means am I putting baseball down, but it's not their playoffs and North American playoff team playoff series, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, even hockey, that trumps regular season stuff. You know, even the World Series, who is going up against the National Football League, they get big ratings because it's the World Series. And that's the most difficult one to do, right? Because you look at the NBA and the NHL and other sports, they are not going up against the National Football League in its heyday or right in their wheelhouse when they're doing their championships. The NFL is not playing when the NBA comes on TV in the, in the finals. It was this year, but I'm talking about in most years. The NHL is, is not playing. Major League Baseball takes it on because they, they've traditionally always played late in the summer, early fall, and they they do not want to bow to that and i get that i i i really do uh i don't have a problem with with the way baseball's done it because they have grown their fans over the years and you get accustomed to october means but means the world series and so to take that away it would make october feel a little empty right there's the one thing that you don't get when you are in the nba doing this i mean excuse me major league baseball doing this is it at least your championship series is not going head to head with the national football league starting right so when when the world series hits when the playoffs hit we're into like weeks five six and seven still important for nfl fans but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't miss a Broncos Raiders game because it's week four you're okay with 
being more dialed into game six of the World Series, right? But the NBA, $100,000. So, so this goes splattering across the screen. What's the first thing every fan thinks of? Well, why are these jackasses taking off all the time? So it's a bad PR look across the board. They should have talked about this behind closed doors and said, look, what can we do to get you to play the the big games? What do we have to do in a in a sense of the I think the one thing that the the players still want above anything is a championship, right? So that's why they rest themselves, et cetera, et cetera. If you want them to play in every single regular season game within reason, they're not all going to play 82 games on a normal year, but you want them to play around 70-ish, 75-ish, barring injury, you've got to make it more difficult to make the playoffs. You got to meet, You have to make it mean more to be a, a higher seed. So you could go another route. You could actually expand the playoffs, but you don't expand it where you make it really easy to get to the second round. So what I'm saying is you want to really drive an incentive in the NBA, in the NHL, to go out and play every single game? Remember what the NHL did where they expanded the playoffs this year because of the pandemic, they were coming back. It was, it was a goofy, goofy, uh, season. And so they came back, basically they went roaring range of the playoffs and there were 24 teams. And a lot of people said, Oh, that's just too many. That's just too many. You know, uh, you, uh, you, you can't do that. Right, you can't have that many players. Well, a lot of people enjoyed it. Here's the thing: what if you did that going forward? What if you said, okay, 24 teams are going to make it in the NBA playoffs. 24 teams are going to make it in the NHL playoffs. Okay, so the first thing you think is, well, everyone's going to make the playoffs. But what if you set it up where the only teams that get a first round bye? So actually, I think I got my number wrong. I think I would actually more do 20 as opposed to 24. So right now we got 16. What if you did it where you're trying to get to you're trying to get to 16 teams in the second round, right? And to get to 16 teams in the second round, you would have to you could well, I'll tell you what, we'll just go with the original 24. We'll do 24, and what that would do is you would have 16 teams play in the first round, right? So eight would be eliminated. Eight would be sitting by the wayside. So your top eight teams in the NBA... Your top eight teams, which which would be top four in each conference, is what I was getting at. Took me a long, long way to wrap around and, and get to what I was saying. But your top eight teams would get buys, four in each, right? So you're doing 16, so you're doing eight in each. 
So you're going to 12 teams per conference as opposed to eight teams per conference. What that would then do, it would give an incentive to be a top four team in the conference. We get down the stretch. You could even do it even smaller if you wanted to. If you just wanted to add a couple of teams. And let's say you say, that ah, man, 12 and 12 in each is too much. Let's go to 10. Let's go to 10. Let's get it down to 10. Okay, so maybe the only the top two teams in the conference make the playoffs. I mean, uh, get the bye week. I think the I think the four with the twelve actually makes more sense because, to be honest with you, what's going to end up happening is you get the top two teams. They could be running away with the league, and then you're still going to. And once you get to well, whether I'm playing in the third, or number three, or number four, or number seven, or number eight, I've got to play, so I might as well start resting these guys. So then you're only affecting a couple of teams. You you get it where the top four teams in each conference get a bye. There starts becoming real interest in being the four seed, the three seed, the two seed. Obviously, you still want to be the one seed. I think that's how you generate the interest to get the players to play more. It does, to a degree, cheapen the regular season even more. But you can't cheapen the 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 NBA and NHL playoffs much more than what it's already been cheapened. There's such a small amount of interest in the regular season as it is. The only thing to be able to save it, hockey doesn't have the problem that the NBA does. The only way to save it with, with the NBA is to ensure your players are at least going to play every night. Because at least maybe you get the gambling aspect, the fantasy aspect, right? We're doing a fantasy ba uh, basketball draft uh, this Saturday. We're doing it. Because a lot of the guys who have been basketball fans our whole lives were wanting a reason to why, why are we watching this year. Because they turned off a lot of people, and so we quit covering as much on the show. But we're going to give it the old college try, so to speak, uh, and play a, a, a fantasy basketball league. This is just for bragging rights, right? This is not even for... Anything else but bragging rights. But this is the only league I'm going to be in. I'm not going to be in multiple basketball leagues. This is the only league I'm going to be in. So I'm going to try to really pay attention to this. And if I'm going to be in one league, I hope that I, I, hope, I hope basketball can keep my attention span. But it's going to piss you off on nights when you're like, what do you mean LeBron's not playing? What do you mean so-and-so's not playing? And so this is a different animal. This isn't like Major League Baseball. When you go to when, when you go to the fantasy baseball drafts, you know players are going to take a day off here and there, but you're not bugging out about the fact that hey, it's the third game they've missed this week, and they and in the NBA they've only played four that week, right? So I think that's the only way to save this. The other thing that's is a PR nightmare for the NBA. Two other things: a the Kyrie Irving quote for people who didn't see this. He basically came out and said recently that uh, Kyrie Irving, Irving implied that this will be the first time in his career playing with Kevin Durant that he will play with someone who, who can hit a big shot alongside him. 
Why is this a big deal? Kyrie Irving started his career with LeBron James. And here was uh, LeBron's quote. He said, I was, I was a little like, damn. Once I got the whole transcript, I was like, damn. I, w- I wasn't like, oh, you tripping. I've hit game-winning shots my whole life. I was not like that, but I was like, damn, because I played with Kyrie for three seasons. The whole time when I was there, I only wanted to see him be an MVP of our league. I only cared about his success, and it just didn't align. It just didn't align. And we were here to win a championship. That's the craziest thing. We were still able to win a championship, and we could never align. But I only cared cared about his well-being both on and off the court, and it kind of hurt me a little bit. So for once, LeBron James, people actually like him in this story, right? I do think it was, look, as many, as much as I'm not a LeBron James fan, I tried to be, and then he constantly does stuff to just really turn me off. The bootlicking thing with uh, China was the tipping point for me. The junkie did this all season. I... I it's it was so predictable it didn't shock me anymore right i expected him to to be out of the know and to make really dumb comments but to stand down for the people in hong kong that you know that hurt me you know i was like man i just i don't know if i can look at you as a good person anymore so he's finally in the good graces but that hurts the league the Brooklyn Nets are looked upon as this. They released the betting odds the other day. We'll get more into that down the road, probably Friday. But the 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 Nets are the second favorite to win the NBA title this year, only behind the LeBron's Lakers. Now, what could fuel that? Wouldn't that be fun to see those two in the NBA Finals going at each other? And it would be star studded. I don't believe that's going to happen. If you're talking about putting money on someone to win a championship this year, I just would not do it with the Nets. Two reasons. KD hasn't played in two years, and Kyrie Irving's on his team. Now, I think people are assuming they might get James Harden. I still don't think that. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a 19s, 1990s version of the Washington Redskins. Remember when the Redskins brought in all these big names, Dion and whatnot? Everyone's like, oh, they got all this talent, and then they couldn't get it out of their own way. They won like five or six games that year. That's 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 what the Nets will be. Kyrie Irving and and uh Harden, if that's what ends up happening, they are terrible teammates. If they weren't, then bringing Westbrook over to Harden would have worked. It didn't work. Because Harden, he's looking for the easy way out right now. He's not going to practice. They opened up NBA practices the other day. He has been seen in Vegas, partying in Vegas, saying he'll get there when he gets there, essentially. He's doing it as a, as a tactical ploy. And I'll tell you right now, if I am, first of all, I'm not drafting him on Saturday. Are you kidding me? Uh, if <laughs> This smells like Le'Veon Bell all over again. I am not taking anyone listening who's in our league. I'm, I'm going to give you free advice. 
Harden's going to be overrated. He's going to be overrated. Because I don't know where he's going to play and when he's going to play. And that would scare the hell out of me. Um, but if you can't make it work with Westbrook, but I, th- I think he has shown over the years to be a pretty good teammate. He might be a bit of a ball hog, but that's his game. But he said all the right things when, when he was draft uh, traded to Washington last week. Didn't he? He said, I, I'm, I'm coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to help these kids develop. That's my job. Da, 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 da. And what I like about Westbrook, he is not the quintessential. I've got to go run and try to win my championship because I'm not good enough. He's like, man, you step, I'm going to step up and play. I I'm becoming more of a Russell Westbrook fan than I was already. I've always liked Russell Westbrook. I'll tell you something else. While I'm thinking of it, that's interesting. You know the one guy who keeps saying, I'm going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to build my team. I'm not running to your team. It's Damian Williams. He said some stupid things over the or during the pandemic. So man, but they were uneducated things, things he didn't know about, right? I'm beginning to start to pull for Damian, even though it's in Portland, of all the dumpster fires in America. Portland literally is a dumpster fire. I think it's still on fire. Um, But I am starting to become a Portland fan to a degree because I would like to see Damian do his thing. And if somehow they can figure out how to get Russell Westbrook over to Portland in a trade because you know... Washington is not trying to build around Russell Westbrook. That trade was all about freeing up money. That's all it was. Russell Westbrook going over to Damian. I would love to see that. Those are two dogs that I would love to see go up against LeBron James. But that's neither here nor there. That's not like that's happening in the next couple of days. But Harden holding out during a pandemic when so many people are having a hard time finding jobs, getting back to normalcy. This guy's over here burning through money in Vegas and not reporting to work. If I am the Houston Rockets, I finally make the big stand that someone should have done a long time ago in the NBA and let the SOB rot. Let him get fined after fined after fine, not get his paychecks, and let him rot on the vine. Now, eventually, you're going to have to trade him because you want some value out of him and you're trying to move on. But you're not going to dictate to me where you're going to get traded. The NBA ownership has got to start taking charge and quit rolling over and kowtowing every time a player says, I don't want to be here. Trade me. I'm looking right at you, Anthony Davis. It's none of the reason why I'm not even counting that as a championship this past year. It wasn't a championship. You played in a bubble in Orlando. You played pickup games in a freaking hotel ballroom, essentially. That's that's not an NBA championship. 
They should have been embarrassed to even try to call it that. The other sports did the best they did they could to try to simulate what they did. The same thing with the hockey championship. It was was it really a champion? I don't know. You go into a bubble. You play a tournament. There's no travel involved. Baseball did a pretty good job the the first round, and then they they went into the bubble, and so that it, it's a little asterisk for the Dodgers, but it's a huge asterisk for the Lakers. I'll give the Dodgers a little more credit because at least their entire regular season, they were actually on travel. They were on the road, back and forth, et cetera, et cetera. When you don't have to travel at all, basketball and hockey, they don't have to travel at all. It takes a lot out of the difficulty of winning these titles. But the Houston Rockets need to step up and let James Hart rot on the vine. And whoever ends up with him in a trade, assuming you have to pay his whole salary, you get took. Because James Harden, all he is, he's a stat filler. He's not a championship player. If he ever wins a championship, it's going to be because he was carried by several others. Not just one, not just two, several others. James Harden isn't going to go into Miami and be the difference. He's probably going to be a cancer, to be honest with you. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, some more football and uh, get you caught up on what's going on in the winter meetings in Major League Baseball. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks as we go to wrap up a Tuesday morning, a football Tuesday. It's awesome. My wife's going to be so mad. I don't think she even realizes there's another NFL game tonight. (laughs) We'll be back in just a few. Don't you want a washboard stomach and rock-hard pecs? No, I want a flabby gut and saggy man breasts. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. We're talking baseball. We'll be talking pickups, trades, who's hot, who's not, sleepers and butts, how these players perform and what it means to their teams and what to look for. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks talking baseball. 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central, the last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. Oh, the butcher and the baker and the people on the streets, where do they go? To meet the Mets! I'm a ball fan. I, I, I still think getting to the championship is a big deal. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Do you love to shop for guns or are also looking for friendly service? Well, the search is over. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine is the friendly gun shop. The staff is very knowledgeable. Frank and Kirk can answer whatever questions you may have and assist you with your AR build. They have a great selection of ammo at great prices. They also carry a full line of targets, cleaning supplies, Lucas Oil products, and firearm magazines. Top Gun Supply is a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by Top Gun Supply of St. Augustine, 525 State Road 16, here in the Westgate Plaza. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. I'm going home. 
You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Tap that Armchair Quarterback app. Take us anywhere you go. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We are Armchair Quarterbacks on Facebook. Find us today. Cruel Wizard versus Nerd. I'll strike you down with my spell. No, science is the answer. I've been obnoxious. I've been unconscious. I've been all kind of things that are hard to spell. I've been unruly, speaking truly. I've been so cool I couldn't hardly even stand myself. I am what I am because I ain't what I used to be. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks here on CBS Sports Radio. The Armchair Quarterbacks app and Facebook Live. Looking for us on Facebook Live. It's the Armchair Quarterbacks Wake up show, armchair quarterbacks wake up show on Facebook, and away we go. Okay, so uh, just got a few few more minutes here before we have to say goodbye. So, uh, oh, Fred, a former uh, coach of the Texas Longhorns, uh, Fred Akers, died today at the age of 82. I just saw that flash up. I hate to see that. We wish his family well. Um, if you don't know who Fred Akers is for the Texas Longhorns, you just don't know college football. That's all I can tell you on that one. Um, looking at today's game, what we're looking at, if you're looking for fantasy football, and then also prop bets. I'm gonna, we're going to get into the prop bet action here today, talk a little bit about that. I talked about how I really liked the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, to hold Dallas to under 17, 17 and a half. That's it does. It sounds like such a small number. And then you start realizing how difficult it is to maneuver through the Ravens defense to get more than two touchdowns in a field goal in 60 minutes. What would you say you average in an NFL game? Typically around 10 possessions. Somewhere around 10 possessions, maybe 12. It really depends on game flow. But you're talking about five to six possessions a half, especially when you play Baltimore because they like to eat the clock, right? So instantly, off the jump, I really like Dallas not getting to 17 and a half. Much more than I like the under- because I could see Baltimore coming out like gangbusters, finally getting Lamar Jackson back off the COVID list. The running backs are back. He's back. They do. They are not expected to have Mark Andrews, but that just means that'll be more running. And I would say, I would say that Marquise Brown's probably going to be a guy. I think Marquise Brown could be a guy that that could go off. Um, with all that being said. Let's get into the other prop bets because the other prop bets to me are interesting going into today's action. Remember, the game is at 8, and it will be on, I believe, NFL Network and 
It will be on, uh, what in the hell am I looking at? <laughs> There's a new commercial. This is so funny. There is a new commercial. It's been com computer generated. It looks like a Madden players for, I think, I'm not sure, but I think it was for a deodorant commercial. And I just saw it pop up on Major League Baseball Network, which is what really threw me off because you normally only see baseball-related things. It is Derrick Henry running through airports, you name it, and someone's holding on to him. I don't know if that's Aaron Donald or if it's just a random Rams player because I couldn't hear it, but he is dragging him across the country. As we know how... <laughs> how Derrick Henry can get can get rolling. I don't know what is said, but it's funny enough where I'm intrigued. I'm going to go back and watch it after the show. I'm I'm intrigued what is said. It looks like it was pretty funny. But it's 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 all computer it's not actual Derrick Henry and whoever is dragging him behind. It looks like it would be Aaron Donald, but I don't know if if that's what it is. But the two of them being dragged across the country by uh, Derek Henry's legs is pretty funny. Um, back to the prop bets. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I, sometimes I look up and I go, what the hell? And by the way, Reese's, you don't do me any favors this time of year. Yeah, I see a Reese's commercial like every 16 seconds. It's ridiculous. The prop bets today are, look like this. Andy Dalton get to 225 yards passing. Over 225 yards passing. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. 20 completions is the over-under. That I could buy more because I could see some dinking and dunking. Will Andy Dalton throw an interception is a minus 210. A no is a plus 170. That's an interesting prop. It's not as common to throw interceptions as it used to be. Uh, man, you got to figure Andy Dalton's probably going to throw one, but you're not getting much of a payout. Dalton's longest completion over 34 and a half yards over under. That's interesting because it's, a, they're, they're both minus 115 money lines. I would be, I'd be tempted to take Dalton not getting 35 yard pass completion. So get a 35 yard pass completion. He's going to need one or two things to happen. Someone like Cooper or Lamb is going to have to break through the seam on a very disciplined Baltimore defense. Or he's going to have to have enough time to drop back and throw the ball deep. And I don't think he's going to have enough time. Ezekiel Elliott, 61 and a half yards rushing. I think I like the under on that. Ezekiel Elliott. Over two and a half yards or two and a half receptions. I think I like the over on that one. Ezekiel Elliott, total yards receiving of 15 and a half yards. I wouldn't touch that one way or the other. If I was going to go with it, I'd probably go with the over because it doesn't take much for a couple of catches to turn into 15 and a half yards. But he's been taking, been, been taking out of the passing game quite a bit recently. It's been going to Tony Pollard. Uh, Elliott's total receiving and rushing yards, 77 and a half. So you're combining, it's it's essentially on the nose, 61. If you take the 61 and a half to, to uh, 
61 and a half yards rushing and 15 and a half yards passing. You're throwing in an extra half yard. I tend to like to take those odds better than just specifically a run or specifically a pat or receiving yards with the running backs. Cause if it's a guy that tends to, to catch the ball, it gives you an opportunity that one play can help you really push the edge, whether it's receiving or rushing. Uh, Tony Pollard, 25 and a half yards rushing over under. I would not take that. I don't, I wouldn't bet on it. Cooper's at 55 and a half receiving yards. Your guess is as good as mine because he's, he caught for 112 against Washington, but then other games he was averaging around 40 yards receiving. So yeah, <laughs> he's eating onions. He's spotting dimes. I don't know what the hell's going on couple of the others find some more interesting ones lamar jackson passing for one and a half touchdowns over under they have it as plus 135 if you take the over on the one and a half minus 165 you take the under i kind of like the over on that now you are hampered by the fact that there probably won't be mark andrews on the field but Two touchdowns against that Dallas defense. Trying to see if there's a total. Sometimes they have them and sometimes they don't. Uh, it's really weird. I hit yesterday the first half over under was two and a half touchdowns t scored. I took the under. So I figured this was going to be a low scoring defensive battle. I barely got it because... Pittsburgh was up 14 to nothing and all of a sudden they went into prevent mode and Washington started gutting through their defense and got in range. They ended up settling for a field goal, but they, they were knocking on the door, but I ended up hitting that. That's one of the dangerous things about when you take the first half numbers is you always have to account for who's going to have the ball at the end of the first half. You could argue that Pittsburgh doing that prevent defense junk led to them losing the game. They got it to 14 to three at the half. And then Washington turned around first possession of the second half and scored a touchdown. It went from 14, nothing to 14 to 10 in the blink of an eye. And then everything starts getting, getting real chippy. Pittsburgh only scored three points in the second half. I don't know what the over-under on that one was, but if you could get that action, I guarantee you you, you hit on the under. Um, they will release more of these as the day goes on. Day goes on. Uh, things that race to 10 points, minus 260 Ravens, plus, six, plus 160 the Cowboys. If the Cowboys had a little better defense, an interesting one is plus 7,000 for neither team to hit 10 points. Wouldn't that be a fun one if you had like the Ravens and someone that they don't play very often, you know, Washington or something, as well as Washington's defense is playing. Wouldn't wouldn't that be a fun one to to throw five bucks in to see if you could could hit? Because with Lamar Jackson just coming off COVID, and as good as the, the Ravens' defense is, I think I think the Cowboys are going to struggle to get to ten points. But the Ravens should definitely hit 10 points. I, I would be shocked if this game is like 10 to 
or nine to seven or something like that. Um, the ones that I never like, and I don't know who bets on these, but people do. I see them all the time on Twitter. I don't know why they do it. When you're trying to guess almost an exact amount of how much, how much a team will, will win by. You're talking about like Cowboys to win between one and three points is plus 1100. And I won't name them all off, but it goes, you know, both teams, you can bet on them to win between one and three points, four to six, seven to 10, 11 to 13, 14 to 17, 18 to 21, 22 or more. Um, they're always, it's, you got a better chance of hitting the lottery than hitting that. You're trying to predict the score of a game. Essentially. The only time I would ever take a risk on one of those is it when you find some of these, these, uh, rivalry series and you see a stat, it hasn't been like this a couple of years, but I remember there was a stat with the saints and Falcons about five, six years ago where they went on a three or four year run where like several, like it was like six of the last seven or eight games was decided by three points or less. And I hit a prop because I went and said, well, screw it. I'm going to go. I think, I think Atlanta's going to win this game and I'm going by that. You know what? I'll, I'll say between one and three points. And I, and I did hit that. Atlanta hit like a last second field goal and won by like two points or something like that. But, uh, I normally wouldn't take this. There's such a crap shoot. It is such a crap shoot. I might take it if the two teams have very good defenses. And I'm just going to assume that it's going to come down to a field goal. But it's really hard to predict that. And that's why the odds are, are, are so stacked against you. Let's get a uh, real quick about free agencies. Want to hit some of the, the the higher ranked ones that are out there? Ones you might hear about this week at the winter meetings: George Springer, JT Real Muto, Trevor Bauer, DJ Lemayhew. I'm going to make some quick predictions. George Springer, I think he goes to the Mets. JT Real Muto, I think he goes to the Mets. Trevor Bauer, I would say Mets, but that just seems like that's almost too 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 many good players at once. I'm going to throw a wild card out there. Trevor Bauer. I'm on the fence between Washington and Boston. I'll say Trevor Bauer to the to the Nationals. DJ LeMayhew, I think he stays put in in New York and he's and he stays in the pinstripes of the Bronx. Marcelo Zuna. It's just looking more and more like he's probably going to be an AL guy. And I hate to see that because I think he really could have done something in Atlanta. If he took a little less money, but I understand why a guy wants to get what he's worth. Marcelo Zuna. When we say White Sox, Justin Turner, he comes back to the Dodgers. Dodgers aren't going to let him go. I know he's getting up there in age, but he's not going to. No. Uh, Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley, I see going to the Atlanta Braves. Angelton Simmons. I'll put a pin in that one. 
I think Tahakis, excuse me, Tanaka stays in New York. And I'll throw one last one at you. If the Braves don't get Brantley or Ozuna, I think they go after either Jackie Bradley Jr. or Jock Peterson. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show as uh, I hear my doggy is home from the vet. So you like to hear that. Hopefully you're all as well. I'm going to get the update from my wife here in just a couple of minutes. So well, I'm going to go ahead and jump off here so I can find out what's going on with, with, with the pup. Uh, it's time to turn back time and then we'll get the hell out of here. If I could turn back time If I could find a way On this date In 2007 Tim Tebow wins the 73rd Heisman Trophy Award 13 years ago Hard to believe it's been that long Tebow, give give up the baseball thing, dude. Just go to SEC Network and collect your check. Just you're just you're embarrassing yourself. Stop it with the stop it. Just stop it with the baseball thing. Uh, also, on this date, 11 years later, Kyle Murray wins the Heisman Trophy for Oklahoma. Kyle Murray, you stick with the football thing. Things are turning out pretty good for you right there. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. Happy 49th birthday to James Littleman Stewart of Vero Beach, Florida. Why is his name significant in these parts? He he was the first starting tailback. Well, I guess he was the second starting tailback of big name here in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, Natron Means Business was the first one. James Littleman Stewart played for the University of Tennessee. Was then played for the uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. So you got the two links of our two markets here, and then also when he was hurt, this is a bad day for Jaguar fans. He was hurt, and they applauded him getting hurt because it meant that the University of Florida's Fred Taylor was coming onto the field. That was a bad look for the city of Jacksonville that day. The dark, dark day. I, I hated to see that. It was classless. Uh, James Lillian Stewart, to his his credit, took the high ground. Didn't didn't uh, say much about it. Just kind of moved on with it. Uh, also, birthdays real quick. Vernon Wells. He is 42 years young. Center fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays for many years. Three-time All-Star and Gold Glove winner. And one more we'll throw at you before we get out of here. Dwight Howard of the Charlotte Hornets now. He's 35 years old. Yeah, really? Really? People still out there trying to sign him? Come on. 35, he plays like he's 45. We'll see you tomorrow. Baltimore, Dallas, tonight. And uh, the Vols play their first basketball game tonight. And then tomorrow, got a good hoops day tomorrow, including Florida State versus Indiana. We'll see ya. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. If you haven't downloaded it yet, your Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like-